When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A product of the Whisper Forge. Sound and story brought to life. You're listening to a parody that is not affiliated with or endorsed by Supergiant Games in any way. We're just big old nerds making improv fanfiction. Rogue Runners is rated R for pretty much everything you can find in Greek mythology. Violence, assault, self-harm, offensive language, insensitive humor, and intense themes. We encourage everyone to check out our show notes and transcripts on our website at whisperforge.org. Are you ready to run? Then welcome to Volume 1 in the Blood. to go and with that alexander will lead to the entrance of the trials the olympiad feels a little ignored but Palyestra is not too proud you know so she'll just be like hey you guys are forgetting about us we're here arete uh <laughs> will will pause for a moment kind of look over then look at the rest of the group kind of trying to get a, a feel for what they want to do he senses that alexander wants to carry on but Thinking that perhaps it would be best to get on their better side, Arete walks over to the Olympiad and goes, Sorry there, I, uh, you know, just get caught up in the moment. It's okay, that happens to all of us. How did your first run go? Well, uh, you know, as well as can be expected, uh, unfortunately, Megara got the best of us, but we are, uh, hoping that this run ends differently. Oh, yeah, that really stinks. She got the best of us, too. I mean... We were kind of down a man really early, so it was three versus her and all of her backup. But then she kind of sideways glances to Adonis, who turns even more red. She goes, sorry, little guy, I didn't mean that. You're, you're, we really value your contribution to the team. And then Adonis <laughs> sniffles a little bit and says, it's okay. Arete, seeing the sniffling, kind of fishes in his pack and finds like a spare bit of cloth and like holds it out to Adonis to see if he'll take it. As you hold out this cloth to Adonis, he goes, oh, thank you so- Six feet! And sneezes directly onto your hand. And it is a juicy one. Like you feel like a nice (laughs) mist. I'm sorry. But he does graciously take the cloth and goes- And then, oh, that was gross. (laughs) So he does that, and then Pende pipes up and she says, So how are you enjoying your infernal arm? Well, being that I just attuned it to myself, I am uh, very excited to have received it, but we'll see how it does in the field. She eyes it and she says, It looks sinister. 
Um, I think it might uh, be reflecting some of my inner turmoil. That's dark. Palliestra says, well, I'm really happy for you, man. You know, listen, I still really meant it when I said I think it would be really great if we all worked together, you know? I just think we should all go out there and try our best and, you know, try to help each other out if we can. It sure would be nice if we could all team up against Megara. Yes, we do need a larger party to avoid some of her abilities. Adonis regards Rolf and Annie as they catch up. He goes, it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you, too. I was worried about you when we got to Apple of Discord. At this, Adonis turns to the rest of his group and goes, what's Apple of Discord? And the rest of his <laughs> Olympiad just kind of like shoots him the sideways glance. Like they're going to have to explain that Santa's not real or something. And they just like don't want to think about it. Pende just goes, don't worry about it. Well, I hope the trial wasn't too hard on you. Oh, Pende remembers the trial that you're talking about. She goes, we were actually worried about you. Uh, we saw the fog about to engulf your end, but it got very hard to see by the end. Well, surprisingly, we all made it out. So, you know. You win some, you lose some. Am I right? I suppose. I do not intend to lose again. Uh, Neither does he. And he kind of gestures his head toward Alexander. Forgive me for intruding. You said something about teaming up against Megara. Well, if, if such a thing were possible, it would certainly be advantageous, don't you think? I would, but I don't see a way, do you? Not that I can think of. I haven't quite yet mastered the mechanisms of Tartarus and how it puts people together and pulls them apart just yet, but I think our best bet is to really just try to defeat her ourselves. We're we're more likely to get strong enough to beat her than to find out a way to circumvent the rules of Tartarus. She couldn't possibly engage us at the same time, could she? I very nearly had her. And Pende's grip on Labrys tightens. (laughs) I can empathize with you, Pende. I too almost had her. Well, I mean, you died before I did, so I would say I almost had her. (laughs) Right. What was it again that you did? I lit her on fire multiple times. In fact, it burnt her hair away. She seemed very upset when she attacked me that final time. Okay. Um, it was such a pleasure talking to you all. I think it's time for us to go ahead and start another run. Right, Alex? Can I get a check? on that skeleton that was getting beat up. Does he look important? That skeleton has since stitched itself back together, is standing back upright again, and it's doing that little, like, boxer fainting thing, <laughs> trying to get Ajax to hit him again. But Ajax has actually since turned his attention to you. We'll do history. 16. You've definitely heard about this guy before. And in fact, you learned that your job was actually inspired by his. <laughs> so when more people needed to train, you know, everybody couldn't beat up on this one skeleton named Skelly. So they started making shades be training dummies. And you were one of the training dummies that used to get beat up on. Did I not meet Skelly when I was in the training? You might have seen him in passing, but unless you've actively mm. gone up to talk to him, you probably wouldn't have met him. And it doesn't sound like you have okay well i wish i knew him but i don't so i'm just gonna head towards the portal i know if only something could change that like talking to them (laughs) (laughs) such is life i don't want to bother him. he looks busy with ajax he looks very happy he loves getting this shit beaten out of him (laughs) what did the skeleton do to you ajax says nothing who cares fight ajax fight ajax fight ajax (laughs) do you say that out loud Yes. Fight Ajax! Fight Ajax! Do it! No! As you say that, Pandey says, You know, it might not be a bad idea to test out our infernal arms. You do need the practice with it, after all, right? What happens when one dies here in the courtyard? Oh, 
It will be excruciating. And again, she tightens her grip on Labrys. Adonis says, I think we should really just start our next escape attempt. Yeah, I agree with Adonis. I think we should just get going. Pende shakes her head and says, I would love to issue a formal challenge if you will accept it. But what good does this do for any of us? Well, you get to try out your new infernal arm, and Ajax gets to uh, let off some steam, at the very least. Plus, we get to see who's the finer Olympiad. And the corner of her mouth stretches into a wry smile. I believe we're about to find that out right now. And Alex will look at the group and nod toward the entrance of the trials. Ajax laughs and says, Pussy! And then Palaestra kind of scowls and goes, Ajax, please! That is very inappropriate. Hearing that from Ajax, having been following Alexander, stops, turns on his heel. Heretic, don't waste your time. There is nothing to prove. Yeah, nothing to prove here, sissy boy. Annie's gonna turn around and look at Ajax and be like, Ajax, the lesser, right? Hmm. He cocks his eyebrow at you and says, Hey, are you 18? Arete, hearing that, just absolutely lunges at Ajax. No! All right, roll initiative. No! Alexander rolls his eyes and walks into the portal. Okay. What? Arete rolled a 16 for initiative. Roll for a two. First up is Arete. Having lunged at Ajax, Arete is going to use Death Shroud to become invisible. And he is going to use the momentum of that lunge to sneak around to perform a sneak attack behind Ajax. So that's a 22. Does hit, so go ahead and roll your damage. Having snuck around with the momentum of his lunge, Arete takes Lavoie and plunges it into the back of Ajax. And as he does that, he gets closer to him and whispers, never say anything like that to a woman again. And he deals 14 piercing damage. Holy moly, okay. (gasps) Say that again, sissy boy. And then it is his turn. He is going to attempt to grapple you. Uh, You can choose to use athletics or acrobatics to evade this. It's an 18. He gets a 25. (laughs) So he reaches his hand back where you stabbed him. He pulls that blade out with your hand still attached to it, lifts you up, and then very slowly very deliberately walks over to that portal still dangling you holds his face up really close to yours and says I'll see you in hell and then throws you into the portal what a great exit line uh I'm gonna cast infestation on him the target must succeed on a constitution saving throw or it takes 1d6 poison damage and moves 5 feet in a random direction and I'm hoping that that direction is going to be into the portal. He is very hardy. What is the DC I have to make for Constitution? 14. So he gets a 14 as well. So he turns to you with these mites flying around him and he goes, Oh, it is on. He looked like he was going to end his turn after throwing Arete into the portal, but now that is not enough. It is Palaestra next. She's going to say, Listen, can't we all just get along? Please, let's just, let's just everybody, everybody stop casting spells. Everybody stop attacking each other and shoving each other. What do you say? As long as you tell your friend to stop creeping on the child in my Olympiad. Uh, don't do that. That's really gross, Ajax. Come on. Well, technically, the age of consent in Greece is like, I don't want to hear it. She barks at him this way, and I'm going to say she has advantage on persuasion against him. 
her bark is pretty effective. So he seems like he's not about to take an action on his next turn unless something else happens. Annie, are you ready? Yeah. All right. And I'm going to wait for Annie to go through. Annie's going to go through. Ajax is standing right by that portal that he just threw Arete in. Like, he wants to kind of do that thing where, like, you know when, like, a really big guy is, like, walking past you on the sidewalk and he, like, won't move? Yeah. He, like, wants to do that, but that polyester has really shaken him, so he shrugs and, like, steps aside as you go into the portal. And then Rolf is going to walk up to the portal. He's going to look back at polyester, look at Ajax, and say, good dog, and jump in. And with that, you immediately begin your next escape attempt. Where you land is familiar to you because you were here on your first escape attempt. You essentially land on that long rectangular platform with two sculptivators at the far end. Well, here we go again. Let's see who we have now. And I'm going to walk forward and hopefully a boon will pop up. As you take a step forward, suddenly some powerful winds start swirling around you and a golden orb appears in front of you with a golden wing shape inside of it. Ah, I'm going to roll history. I rolled a seven. Okay. Uh, this seems like a windy a windy boy. Ah, friends, look, it's the windy boy. And I put my hand on the orb. <laughs> what the fuck? I rolled a 13 for a history check. <laughs> okay, uh, you know that it's Hermes. You touch the orb, Rolf, and as you do, you see this like shadowy humanoid shape just flying all around you at high speeds. And you hear this voice echoing in your minds. Word of advice when you're opening up these things. You're supposed to say, Olympus, I accept this message, in some really serious voice. I'm not a stickler for rules, so I won't hold you to it, but it does sound nice. I miss when Prince Zagreus used to do it anyway. Oh, I'm Hermes, by the way. Delivery for you. And then you are able to select a boon. So first, anybody roll a d20, we're going to calculate the rarity of the boon. That was an eight. It's a common rarity boon. You are able to select, again, a power boon, a survivability boon, or a utility boon from Hermes. Well, gang... The same options. I think survivability went well for us. I don't know what Hermes has in store, but in our current state, survivability might still be pretty helpful. Or we could try a different type of boon. That could be interesting for this run. It's already a different type of boon, and who better to survive than Hermes? All right. Survivability sounds fine with me. Sorry, Arate. The next one will go something fun. Okay, so with this boon, it becomes easier for you to avoid attacks. So for the common rarity, you may dash as a bonus action. And if you are somebody who has a feature such as a rogue who can already do this, you can move double your dash distance this way. Cool. That's very useful. And as that happens, I guess I say, Hermes, I accept this message. Did I I do it right? You're doing great, kid. Can I choose my additional effect? Yeah, you can choose one more. Yeah, I'll do power. You make your attacks more quickly such that they are harder to avoid. So it's plus one to attack rolls. So with that, you see that shadowy silhouette fly off high, high above you and the winds subside. Well, let's get to it. And Rolf, assuming everyone else is doing the same, is going to get in the same formation from last time and prepare his magics. Old man, uh... What spells exactly do you have? Many. Why? What do you need? Okay, let's rephrase. What helpful spells do you have? Fuck you. (laughs) Again, many. What do you need? Well, the best offense is a good defense. I have nothing to protect you. Very well. We'll have to do something about your uh, damage output. Arate? Yes, sir? We should be using your uh, flanking abilities more often. And uh, I believe Anastasia, you might be the one that would be aiding the party most of the time. Really? 
instead of wildly swinging our arms and attacking the enemy, doing very little to affect it, we should be playing to our strengths, I believe. Yeah, no, you're right. So I will still take point. I think it would be best, Arate, if you don't exactly fall in formation, but sort of become a rogue element, as that is your class. (laughs) (laughs) Sure thing, Captain. And with that, Arete, like, pulls himself towards the side of the bridge. I will still take point for uh, the old man in Anastasia. And I hope that we do not lose our focus this time and we reach the end before those moronic Olympiads. Well, then, we'd better get started. And Alexander will take point in the formation to move forward. Okay, go ahead and roll initiative. That's a 20 for Rolf. 15 for Arete. 23. 13. Rolf, you're not the first in initiative, but because you're initiating the combat, we're going to say you're going to run first this round, and then in the second round, you'll be slotted into normal initiative. So, yeah, I guess Rolf is going to run until he's just close enough in range, kind of stopping, and, like, he still slides forward just a smidge, and does this motion with his hands as you, you see the veins bulge, and instead of one crystal this time, you see, like, a multitude of shards come out of the fingers as they come together in this big green blast of acid, and he flings it forward, uh, hoping to hit both the Skultivators. Dexterous, that is their main thing, I will say. Uh, 10 and 11. Yeah, so in this case, he's going to go ahead and use that blood crystal to increase the damage output. So he does 10 points of acid damage, plus an additional point from the blood crystal. So both of them get hit by this, and then you recall the feature that Skultivators have. Yeah which is called Thick Skull. The very first instance of damage the Skultivator takes is reduced to zero and cannot be increased by any means. This feature activates only once and never again. So your crystal bounces clean off the Skultivator and hovers next to it on the ground. Let's get a move on. Next up is one of the Skultivators. It is going to dash straight to you, Rolf, but that's all it can do on its turn. Well, Annie's going to probably do the same as Rolf and just move towards the Skultivators. There's one that's very close to you right now, and then there's one that's 60 feet away. Oh, brilliant. Then I will turn towards the one that's closest to me and cast Thunderclap, so you need to succeed on a constitution saving throw. Oh, okay, they don't have anything in this. Three. Brilliant. So now you take five thunder damage. That's exactly how much you need to kill it, so the Skultivator goes and the thunderclap obliterates it. Next up is the other Skultivator, who is going to dash towards you, Annie. Now we have Arete and Alexander, you are on deck. I'm going to do a normal attack. I mean, well, as normal as uh, Lavoie allows me to be. So that's an eight. Uh, That does not succeed. For my bonus action, I am going to hide a 20. With this very high stealth check, Arete is going to take the cloak that he is wearing and go full Lord of the Rings and just use it to try to disguise himself as a rock. Alexander will turn over his shoulder to Oberol. Good work, old man. And then he will attack with two longsword strikes on the Skultivator. 21. Okay, uh, roll damage. Eight. Yep, that kills it. So that resolved very quickly, and if you guys remember how much time it took you to kill the Skultivator last time, you feel like you have already significantly grown in your abilities. <laughs> but yeah, that, that concludes the fight with the Skultivators. At the far end of the room, you see a gate. On that gate is an ornate hammer symbol. Furthermore, you hear a little splash in the blood to your right. Annie's going to run over towards the splash. Okay, make a perception check. She will make a perception check. 
That's a 14. You were certain that it is the exact same carp that winked at you when it first (laughs) hopped out of the blood. It comes out again and like winks at you, even though it doesn't have eyelids. It somehow does this. It just goes like, ching, (laughs) and uh, falls back into the blood. Annie's going to like crouch down and like not touch the water, obviously, but she's going to like crouch down and she's going to like peek right over the ledge. She'll be like, I'm going to be back, little buddy. And I'm going to be back. I'm going to, I'm. I'm going to be back, okay? I'm going to be back. <laughs> and she gets up, and she looks at the guys, and she's like, well, what are we waiting for? Let's uh, go! Anastasia, this fish, is it of significance? I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask, but yeah. It's significant to Annie, and that's what matters. And with that, Arete walks towards the gate, and he places his hands upon it. The bubble pops, the gate slides upward to reveal a black portal. See you on the other side. And Arete kind of does like a cannonball jump. Rolf pulls out a little pamphlet and starts reading it as he casually walks through it without noticing. <laughs> pamphlet? Where'd what? Get, Where'd you where do you get that pamphlet? <laughs> he, what is- he keeps scrolls on him for his studies. Uh, can we still see the fish? No. You should have seen that fish, man. It, he, it winked at me and everything. Yeah, I disregarded it the first time, but I don't know why it feels significant this time. <gasps> you want to... Fish. Well, we can't. Go <coughs> and don't breathe a word of this to the others. Alex wants to go fishing! And as she says that, she <laughs> follows suit after Arete and jumps into the portal. Okay, um, I'm going to give inspiration to Annie for that. Yeah! <laughs> Alexander, like, walks to the portal, then he double takes to where the fish used to be, and he squints his eyes, and then he walks to the portal. <laughs> Just as you go into the portal, you feel a watchful eye on you. And then the portal slams shut. You arrive in a massive chamber, so large you can't even see the walls on any side. The air is hot and smoky. It's not hard to see why. In the center of the room, you see a massive, floating, flaming wheel, impossibly large, and tied to one of its spokes is a man, moving too quickly on the spinning wheel to make much out of. Each time his spoke passes closer to you, his scream of agony gets louder before it fades away again. Uh... <laughs> I want a I want a history check of this guy. I'll also join in on that history check. Could I just do a general investigation as to like what the hell this contraption is? Yeah, I'm just going to go in order that I see in the chat. So, Rolf, tell me first what you do. Well, that's a six in investigation just to see what the hell this big wheel thing is. All right, you see a big flaming wheel with a guy tied to it, and he's just going, ah, and it's just spinning in the air. Are you all right? He doesn't seem able to hear you over the sound of his own agony. Fun. Arete, do you do anything? I go ahead and do a history check to see if I know who that is. Make it with disadvantage because it's hard to see him because he's moving really fast and it's very smoky in the air. (laughs) Critical fail, baby. (laughs) You are not able to make out who it is. It's just a naked man just flying around in pain. Can I do that same check? Go ahead. That's a 10. You have no clue who that is. Dang. Annie would like to do a check. Well, use the inspiration. Why not? That's a 22. Okay. You somehow do recognize who this is. It's not so much from his appearance, because that's hard to make out, but from his circumstances, you can make out who this is. And you recognize this as a man named Ixion. 
And Ixion is someone who is known as the very first of the ancient Greeks to commit kin slaying, killing his own kin. Yeah, which is considered one of the absolute worst things you can do in Greek mythology, if you can imagine. With that really good role, you know a few more things about him, actually. So he was betrothed to this woman, but he had to like pay this bride price for her. But he didn't end up paying it. And so his father-in-law ended up stealing some of his horses as kind of this like jab at him, which Ixion did not accept. And so he shoved his father-in-law into burning hot coals. And so that was like the very first act of killing someone in your family, not counting the Titans, of course. So he was punished for that. But actually, as he was being punished for that, Olympus took pity on him, particularly Zeus for whatever reason. And Zeus invited him up to Olympus to dine with him. And while Ixion was dining with Zeus, he started making advances at Hera under the table, (gasps) which was also considered a serious breach of etiquette and, you know, Greek hospitality. So that very night, Zeus created a clone of Hera made out of clouds named Nephili. And he sent that clone of Hera named Nephili to Ixion's bed to test him. And Ixion obviously was overcome with lust and, you know, did try to sleep with her. So when Zeus found out about this, he basically banished Ixion for uh, taking advantage of his hospitality and his forgiveness. And his punishment was to be tied to this flaming wheel for all eternity uh, for both kinslaying and for his endless lust, which this wheel is meant to symbolize. And that is taking place in this massive chamber in Tartarus. Oh, wow. Oh, also, you know that he's also the father of centaurs. (laughs) Not super relevant, but just a cool little factoid you get. Is he really? Yeah, so he and Nephili gave birth to Centaurus, the first of the centaurs. So all the centaur hearts you're chomping on are his children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? That... Um, hey guys, that's, um... I'm not really sure what we're supposed to do in this room, um, but but that's that's not a very good man. Do you know um, this person, Anastasia? Yeah. A friend of yours? No, no, not at all. Um, his name is Ixion, and um, well, he's here because he, well, he's here for several reasons. But I mean, he's here, and look where he is, and what. Yeah, he's- the wheel with the turning and the flames kind of gave it away that this is probably someone being punished for a pretty serious infraction. (laughs) A fitting punishment for a kinslayer, don't you think? By your side stands a goddess made more of wings than woman. Wings where her ears should be. Several sets of wings from her back. Wings for arms. Wings for eyelashes. Tell me, do you believe him deserving? Uh, deserving of, of, uh... Of what, exactly? This punishment. And she smiles. Oh. Well, miss, I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I am unclear as to who you are. But I will say, as someone who was slain by someone I considered kin, he's not getting enough punishment. At this, she smiles and she says, I see. Well, just to play Hades advocate here. Um... <laughs> oh, my God. As someone who comes from uh, a a very war-heavy society, I I do understand 
um, you know, war has its place and, and violence and retribution and all of that. But I, I also believe, uh, through my own studies, I, I found it more effective to um, help rehabilitate those who have committed crimes and make sure that they recontribute to the community. Uh, for example, you could be using this man, uh, you know, once he has been shown the error of his ways to create more goods for Grecian society uh, rather than just generating agony, which, I mean, I understand the, the satisfaction in that, especially for those who were wronged. But, personally, I would try to advance your people. Olympus did try to rehabilitate him, and he took advantage of their mercy. That, too, befits punishment. Fair. So is he here forever, or is there, you know, a date at which he will be offered parole? Oh, long enough for forever to be indistinguishable from the truth. Well, who am I to meddle in your affairs? At this, you hear that voices go, Ah! <laughs> me! Uh, I, I'm sorry, hi, my name is Rolf, and you are, and I'm going to hold out my hand. She lays a feather on your hand, and uh, you feel it, like, nick you. Like, these are very, very sharp feathers. They're almost bladed. Uh, I am Nemesis. That's a cool name. It is a cool as hell name. I gotta give her that. <laughs> so, Nemesis, what are, you, what are you doing here? You come here often? Make a group history check. 20. 11. 22. Also 11. Okay. Well, you all hear the name Nemesis and a certain number of associations come to you. So you understand her to be the personification of revenge and retribution and specifically revenge as a form of justice. Nemesis, do you know who we are? I am afraid I do not. It is not often that one finds their way in here, into the Oubliette. Welcome. The Oubliette, you said? Yes. What is that? It is here. It is a space that adapts itself to fit each prisoner such that they may be administered their punishment appropriately. Okay, be, be straight with me here, Nemesis. Um, are we prisoners? Are we about to be punished? Is that what's going on? Or did we just happen to, to stroll through? Her eyes gleam in this wicked glow. She says, do you want to be? Um, if, if I'm being perfectly honest, and I like to be honest, uh, no, I don't. Very good. Punishment is only for the deserving. Arete kind of like tentatively raises his hand and it's like I volunteer what do you volunteer for <laughs> Annie wants to put her hand on Arete's arm and she's like no shh, 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 shh. stop 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 it no you don't no you don't what I mean like it's punishment enough right just dying Arete no uh excuse, excuse me nemesis excuse me um thank you so much for um welcoming us into this room now, uh, Where is the exit? How, how might we go about finding the uh, the exit? To be truthful, I couldn't tell you. Like I said, it is not often that Tartarus lets people into the Oubliette at all. So I am uncertain as to its exit. However, I think I could be convinced to perhaps employ some of my abilities to, uh, let us say on the seams of Tartarus's design such that a way out might be available to you. Be aware that this is not something that Oubliettes often have, a way out, that is. And I assume that you take most joy from administering judgment, yes? It is my solemn duty. I don't know what you mean. And she licks her lips wickedly. Ah, understood. Huh. Well... If you ever see a Nicholas and Clima come through here, you let him know that he's getting exactly what he deserves. 
I can do you one better. Why don't we get Nicholas and Clima in here? <gasps> what? <laughs> Every muscle in Arete's body tenses. He's here? I was meant to send him down here. I know not where he is. I simply know that if you were able to get a hold of him, and let's just say I could provide you an instrument to make that happen, I could see to it that he was afforded the punishment that he deserves. I'll do it, whatever it takes. Her smile widens and the steely wings that comprise her entire body seem to all glisten as if a single point of light was just like moving in a circuit around all of the edges at the same time. Very well. Then perhaps I might ask a favor of you in return. Name it. She reaches into a small pocket in her garb and she withdraws a tiny, tiny little jar. As you make your way through Tartarus and the rest of the underworld, Find me deserving souls. Souls deserving of punishment here in the Oubliette. Bring them back to me, and I will see that you are rewarded with powers beyond mortal limits. How would we come back here? I cannot say. As I said, no one has a way into the Oubliette that I know of, nor are they designed to be exited. But fate has brought you here to me, and as such, I trust that it will return you to me. I accept. She smiles and hands you the tiny little jar. Thank you, Nemesis. Make an arcana check, Arete. 13. Okay, you get a sense of how this jar works, and the way that it works is that when you kill a creature anywhere in the underworld, you can expend your action. Instead of letting that creature return to the sticks in some fashion, you can attempt to capture its essence in this tiny little jar. All right. She turns to the rest of you and says, Well, will you do as I ask? I, I'm, I'm certainly willing to bring you uh, deserving souls, but how are we to judge who is or is not deserving? <laughs> Leave that question to the gods. Well, all right. May I have a jar? <laughs> she twirls her hand and another one materializes there. Thank you, Nemesis. Thank you. Uh, Alexander will hold out his hand. She produces a jar and then she puts her hand on your forehead and she just like pushes away one of your locks and then twirls it in a long finger and says, mm, handsome. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't say anything. He just takes the jar. <laughs> Uh, Annie's gonna tap on Nemesis on, on her arm. Make a sleight of hand check. Oh, what? No, I just wanted. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just emphasized a lot of times she's covered in steely blades. I'm sorry. That's an 18. Okay, yeah, you're fine. So you kind of nudge on her and you say Nemesis a few times, and she turns down to regard you. If I were, if I were to say no to, to what you ask, uh, would I? Would I end up like, um, would I end up like Ixion, or? <laughs> and then she looks at Ixion twirling on the wheel, and she bites her lip a little bit as if it's like arousing to her, and she says, My dear, saying no is never a crime. Huh. Oh, I should have just been honest then. Oh, that's really reassuring. <laughs> I punish those who act as if it is. Okay, so I can... Kindly decline the soul-catching offer? Not all are suited to this sacred task, so I suppose, yes, you, you may certainly decline. Will I 
still be able to leave? I do not know how you would, but I will certainly try to find a way for you to. Huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he's just gonna, and he will hold her hand out and be like, I'll, I'll take the jar. Are you sure? I mean it. You really don't have to take it. No, I know. I'm really not sure either, but I, I, it's, I'd rather try. I don't want to die again. I mean, you don't have to use the jar, but if you come across someone who you find particularly deserving, then, then you have the option, right? Uh, am I right here, Nemesis? She nods and says, I look forward to seeing who you find deserving. Oh my, that was quite ominous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll- no, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Th- thank you. She gives it to you, and she clasps her hand around yours, and she says, Give it back any time. If you are not ready, you are not ready. Thank thank you. Well, shall we go about finding a way for you to get out of here? Yes, Nemesis. Yes. Thank you. Ah! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> was, was that was that Ixion? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it was it was somebody that can be featured as Ixion from the background of... <laughs> Hold on, let me just see what the hell is going on and just tell them to shh, 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 She walks toward the flaming wheel with Ixion swirling around on it over and over in endless rotations, in maddening circles, and it seems to get louder and louder, and the fire billows, the smoke bursts out in large blossoms as it grows, Everywhere, the whole room seems to become suffused with this smoke, and all you can smell and taste is ash. And she looks back at you, the fire highlighting her silhouette, and she says, Promise to bring me the unworthy, the truly wretched ones, the ones who deserve to be punished. And then, with a bright smile, she turns back to the wheel. She leaps onto the wheel, grabs onto one of its spokes, and lets it carry her as it spins as she laughs. <laughs> Joyously, it echoes throughout this impossibly large chamber. And then suddenly the smoke thickens till everything is impossible to see. Then it vanishes slowly. And you find yourself in a very, very, very tiny room. A room only big enough to fit the four of you. It is essentially the size of a closet. And then you see a little gate directly above you on the ceiling. Uh, I press the bubble on the gate and we come out of the closet. The symbol on the gate, by the way, is a centaur heart. You touch the bubble and the portal slides open above you. (laughs) Okay, I climb out. Arete attempts to just jump, just like vertical clearance right into the portal. It's one of those double gravity things where once you jump off the ground, the gravity of the portal just kind of gently lifts you the rest of the way inside. Whee! Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Alex, wait, hold my hand. Alex, hold my hand. Alex, hold my hand. He holds her hand. And Annie just jumps, and she just wants to float so that she she's not entirely in the portal, but it's kind of like she's flying. That's all. <laughs> so you're briefly levitating in the oubliette? Yeah. <laughs> she just really, want, she really wanted to know what that sensation felt like. Okay, okay, Alex, you can let go. Anastasia, listen. <laughs> um, that, what? That jar you have. Should Ajax give you trouble again? <laughs> and Annie's just gonna look at Alex. She's like, Alex, great minds think alike, huh? And then she's just gonna let go and float into the portal. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Alex will jump in. Rolf, Arete, Annie, 
and Alexander float or jump or climb into the portal. As they do, a tiny string carrying a tiny jar attached to their waists twinkles just before falling into the portal out of sight. Rogue Runners Volume 1 in the Blood stars our players Nicholas Benetatos as Alexander the Great, Amanda Facosta as Anastasia Pentasis, Giancarlo Herrera as Rolf Yannick, and Michael Pisani as Arete Lascaris. Dungeon mastering and NPC voices are by me, Tozaman. Cover art by Chandler Candela. Sound design and editing by Giancarlo Herrera. Title music by Sage GC, with vocals by Jessica Dahlgren and Sage GC. Character theme music by Giorgio Volpe. Additional music by Epidemic Sound. If you liked what you heard, we hope you'll consider helping us make future tabletop parodies of your favorite stories. You can support us at Patreon on patreon.com slash roguerunradio. Patrons get access to our community Discord channel, as well as our behind-the-scenes chat cast Out of the Blood, where we talk about everything on our minds after the episode. There are free ways to support the show, too. We hope you'll leave us a glowing review on your listening app of choice, as well as spread the good word about us on Twitter and Instagram, where you can follow us at Rogue Run Radio. We love hearing from you, so hit us up there or email us at rr at whisperforge.org. We're very proud to be in the Whisperforge Collective and hope you'll check out our other shows. Are you a fan of the Wild West, bounty hunting, sex with demons, maybe the power of friendship? If any of those things excite you, give Caravan a listen. Get ready to run with us next week. New episodes drop every Friday. Till next time, sinners. I'll see you in hell. Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, I'm Bernard. And I'm Magenta. You might know us from such hit podcasts as Madame Magenta, Sonna's Mystica. Horror anthology Magenta Presents. Or season three of Mockery Manor. We're everywhere. And we're spreading faster than an STD in an old folks home, because now we have a brand new podcast. Wham! Wham! It's a fun acronym that stands for We Have a Movie. Oh, it's not just an acronym, Bernard. It's not? It's a chat podcast where we invent smash hit Hollywood movies based on popular toys. If you like the Barbie movie and you want to see similar treatments of your favourite childhood toys, I'll wager you'll like Wham! With episodes on Polly Pocket, Rubik's Cube, Game Boy, Strawberry Shortcake, Furby, Connect Four, and lots of other nostalgia bait. But it's not just for adults who still like toys. It's a podcast for anyone who loves Hollywood tropes and comedy. And quantum mechanics. And BDSM. Wham! has something for everyone, but is still specifically about movies. That's Wham! W-H-A-M. You know, like when Batman punches someone. Yes. Adam West. That Batman. Exactly. Not the Christopher Nolan one. No. Download it anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's what the world needs, another movie podcast. Was that clear? Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned quantum mechanics. Mm.